0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Today, you are going to get the Draft Dummies 2021 NBA Draft Big Board. Stay tuned to hear who Sam and I have
0: in our top 14. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room download the Spotify green room app and find one of our locked on rooms. You are locked on the NBA draft. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Sam Ferris. And as always, of course, I am joined by the fabulous co-host Cody. Cody, how's it going for you this afternoon? It's
1: going pretty well. I'm super excited to talk hoops as always. And, uh, break down who you and I have on our 2021 NBA draft big boards.
0: Yeah, um for those of us that follow the draft that do all the scouting, I mean, we do work year round, but pretty much all of it ends up going into this, going into our final boards, and this is basically where we lay out where we have each of these prospects in order and so I think it's going to be A very fun episode. Um, Again, this is not a mock draft. This is not us projecting where these guys will go on draft night. This is just the order that we personally have them ranked as prospects. Uh, So the way we're going to do this is we're going to do the top seven guys in the first segment and then the back end of the lottery in the second segment. Then in the final segment, we'll talk about maybe some guys that have either risen or fallen on our boards and maybe some other notable prospects as well. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Um, Cody, start off by reading me the first seven guys on your board, and I'll give you my reaction, and I'll give you kind of some questions that I have from there.
1: All right. So number one on my board is Cade Cunningham. No surprises there. Number two, Jalen Green. Love his upside. Think he's... Got an argument for number one, if that's what a team wanted to do. Uh, Three, this is tough, but I kind of went away from uh, one of my draft philosophies of, you know, taking perimeter players over bigs, but I went with Mobley at three. Suggs at four. Number five, I have Moses Moody. Number six, I've been switching six and seven back and forth a ton here, but as of today, I got Scotty Barnes at six number seven, Josh Giddy. number eight, a little out there. I have Trey man number nine. Oh wait, we were going to stop at seven, huh?
0: We were, but I'm glad you got in number eight <laughs> because that was the biggest surprise for me there. So the biggest takeaway was Trey man at eight because we do have the same seven guys in our top seven, but we do differ at number eight. Uh, so my question for your top seven or I guess eight here Cody is um, where would you say the biggest uh, maybe single or if you have two drop-offs like between which prospects would you say are the biggest kind of dividing lines for you do you do you do your board in tiers or do you just kind of rank them in order Uh, I do both I do have tiers and I would say that
1: the biggest drop-off in tiers and I think this has been the case for most people has been um, after pick four. Uh, that yep. that fifth pick, you hear a lot of different opinions. But in general, and this isn't everyone, but in general, that top four is pretty solidified. Uh, for me, I have Cade and Green um, in their own tier. Maybe Cade a tier higher if, if you wanted to. But uh, after that, Mobley and Suggs are... In another tier with just them too, and then after that, I mean, it it drops pretty significantly.
0: Mhm. Okay, so Trey Man at number eight, I gotta get your explanation on that. Why do you value him above, you know, specifically other guards uh, that we see projected in that range? Whether it's the Book knight you know, even include a Kaminga in there. Why do you value Trey Man over those guys?
1: Yeah, lines? and davian Mitchell is in a lot of people's top ten sure, there too. Sure. So. Uh, I think Trey Mann has the most NBA skill out of all those guys. He is tailor-made for the current NBA where it's all offensive driven. And we've seen guys in the crowded, you know, European or other, like the NBL in Australia and the college courts. We see them get to the NBA with the space and the pace and the favorable rules, the favorable reffing. And we See guys that have that skill of shot creation end up carving out really significant careers. Uh, I love Trey Mann. I believe in shoes. He was about six five. Uh, he can create a ton of separation with his handle. I think his playmaking was super underrated. He does a great job at seeing lobs. A great job finding open shooters. I think he'll continue to improve in that area, and uh, that's that's a recipe for success in in the modern NBA.
0: Yep. To put some numbers to that in terms of where he ranked in all of college basketball this year, he was in the 90th percentile in pull-up jumpers. Like Cody said, one of the elite space creators in this class. And I just think you combine space creation plus a very solid jump shot. I mean, as we go up and down the draft board like we do every year, so many guys have the swing skill as The jump shot, whether it translates uh, and to what extent with Trey Mann, it's very projectable both off the catch and off the dribble. And that's what makes him very intriguing in terms of his ability on the ball. But I think he can fit in and also play next to another primary, too. So I have him a bit lower, but I certainly understand having him as high as number eight. Uh, So we'll move on now to my top eight and then Cody will give his reaction and any questions he might have. So I've got Cade, number one, Jalen Green, two. Then I've got Suggs at three, Mobley, four, Giddy at five, Scotty Barnes at number six, Moses Moody at seven. And then where I diverge from you and also from the consensus is I have Sharif Cooper at number eight.
1: I love it. Yeah, very similar boards there. I want to hear why in your ordering of five through seven, what made you land on Giddy, Barnes, then Moody?
0: Yeah. So in terms of biggest drop-offs or like separating lines when it comes to tiers, I have Cade in maybe a half tier above Green, Suggs, and Mobley. Those three are pretty close for me. And then to me, five, six, and seven – that's Giddy, Barnes, and Moody are all in the same tier for me, but I would say Barnes and Moody are a little more unchangeable to me. Josh Giddy is locked in at number five. The reason I say that is his passing, his creation ability, and just the development arc at which he has improved, plus the production at a young age in a good league. Uh, I just think at 6'9, the ability to run, pick, and roll. You know, some people view him as more of maybe a Joe Ingles type ball moving wing, but count me as one of the guys that do view, you know, some primary ball handling upside with him. Like you talked about with man, he is a primary kind of gamble that you think he could be an on-ball creator. Those are the guys you want to find in the draft. To me, Josh Giddy is one of those guys for me. And then Sharif Cooper at eight is another one of those guys.
1: I love it. Cooper will be making an appearance on my board at some point as well. Uh, it is interesting that we do have a lot of the same players, and I figured we would, but just with a little bit different order. Uh, what makes you
0: go with Suggs at three and Mobley at four? Yeah, so that's those two are the closest on my board. Like I would say, I probably have Green like I don't know two percent over Suggs and Mobley you talked about kind of your belief, your theory that usually because of the versatility, because you can play just in numbers wise, you can play more wings and guards with kind of a more versatile skill set than you can bigs. It's easier for them to find a role on your team and kind of uh, build a more versatile team. So that, That's just generally kind of our theory, and I stuck to that there. But I also do just believe that Jalen Sugg's season overall was a bit underrated. And people will use the argument that Gonzaga was like the best context that you can be in. And while I do agree to a certain extent, I think I would say, and I'm sure you'd agree as well, that part of the reason the the context that he was in and the team he was on was so good was because of him. Uh, Like defensively, they were at their best, both, you know, watching film and numbers wise. Their defensive rating was the lowest when Suggs was on the court. He brought a toughness that both mentally and physically, I don't think you see with Gonzaga teams too often. Uh, I, I love him as a prospect. To me, I view a little bit of the Tyrese Halliburton with him where he's maybe being underrated as some because we don't know if he is an elite on-ball guy, but we know he fits in. We know he contributes to a good team. He put up a fantastic season, both in a team context and just Uh, numbers-wise. I really believe in Jalen Suggs. To me, he might be like, when you talk about median outcomes in the draft, I would argue that his are basically as high as anyone's other than Cade.
1: Yeah, well said. I like it. We're going to get into the rest of our board through the lottery, through the 14 guys uh, after this break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, with other fans, with athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team, Or sports. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the groups for the latest league updates on the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and the NHL. Uh, So I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the NBA finals in some of these Green Rooms. It's a lot of fun. I've been doing it lately as well. So see you there. That is green room changing the way we talk sports. Today on the
1: road to the finals, our NBA finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Be sure to tune in to the NBA finals game Four tonight, where the Bucks are going to try and tie up the series with the Suns. We'll see if... Batman, Chris Middleton, and Robin Giannis, (laughs) the Greek freak, and a decumpo can get it done. So be sure to tune in. Sam, let's get into the rest of the boards here. Uh, Would you like me to go
0: first again? Yeah, since we did one through eight, go ahead and give me the next on your boards. Let's do nine through 15. Nine. I have
1: Franz Wagner. Ten. Sharif Cooper. Eleven. Bit of surprise here. Chris Duarte. Okay. 12, another bit of a surprise here, Quentin Grimes. 13, Jalen Johnson. 14, James Book, Book Night. Okay,
0: give me one more. Do you have a 15? Since oh, we did eight in the first round, we yeah. gotta keep it even for me. <laughs> I would probably throw Kaminga in here. Okay. So. First off, uh, I know you're a big Sharif guy. I didn't know where he would fit in. I am maybe slightly surprised. Well, first of all, it was fun hearing this whole group because I kind of knew where you fell on the first group, but the second group was certainly full of a lot of surprises. That's what makes it fun. That's the fun of the draft is as long as you can back up with good reasoning. I love the discussion with you know everyone on Twitter and specifically with my fantastic co-host Cody. Let's start, though, with... You having Franz over Sharif, um, what was what was kind of the thought process there behind that?
1: Yeah, this is a tough one for me because if Reef develops anything, you know, remotely close to a respectable jump shot, I mean, he would be that fifth spot for me in this draft, potentially above Jalen Suggs if the shot's really good. He's He would be that good if he can develop a respectable jump shot. Uh, It's kind of just a wait and see, but the other skills for him are still so good. Um, And just his feel for the game is so good that it still warrants a top 10 uh, spot for me at number 10. So in the meantime, though, I do have Franz. Um, We've talked about him a lot. Uh, The things we don't like about him are things he can overcome, and that's just maybe a little bit of the mental toughness. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more swagger, however you want to describe it it factor uh, but other than that I mean you're getting a really really versatile 6'9 player that can do a little bit of everything as you've uh, coined it the grease guy he makes everything in the offense just run a little bit smoother and this is a guy that is tremendous defensively we've talked about it on this podcast he has the size and the perimeter, you know, movement capabilities to be a phenomenal defender in the NBA. So you combine that with what we believe the jump shot will be a little bit better than his percentages um, in college, uh, a, a solid passer, a team-first guy. Uh, I think that that's a solid ninth pick. But again, if Reef develops a jump shot, it's he's going to be in the top five in the NBA redraft in eight years.
0: Yeah. On Franz, uh, I was listening to Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report. He talked about with Franz how, you know, we've seen him listed at six foot nine, but he's heard that he's like actually six, 10, six, 11. And, you know, part of that's that maybe he's grown a little bit more, but to me, he always looked that big. Like he is really, really like to me, he's more of a four than a, than like a perimeter only guy, but I mean, he's obviously going to be playing on the perimeter, but that's fine because he's so big. Like, you know, when we talk about positions, it's generally you are who you can guard. Right. And I think he can guard, he can switch basically like two through five and the dude switch just never turns off defensively. I, I love that about him. I think he, I think I value especially his defense even more than his offense. So I love that about him on Sharif. Uh, the, the phrase that I've been using lately is like if there were a statistic for like ridiculous highlight passes per 36 minutes in college basketball history, I think Sharif Cooper would have shattered it in like the 12 games that he played this year. Just an unbelievable passer with unique vision, a savant level passer, uh, obviously the size and the, the shooting are the question marks. Um, So my final question for you, obviously, Duarte and Grimes are a bit of surprises as well. Um, You know, it's tough valuing, you know, some of the younger guys that might have underperformed a little bit versus these older guys that that certainly are a lot better on tape. But comparing Grimes maybe to a guy like a Kispert that is also older why why are you higher on Grimes than Kispert?
1: Well, for anyone that has listened to Sam and I, they know we're not super big into Kispert, even though we are pretty much diehard Gonzaga fans growing up in Spokane, Washington. Uh, Grimes is just much more NBA tailor-made. Uh, Kispert is a phenomenal shooter in the WCC. He's still going to be a solid shooter in the NBA uh, especially if he's getting open looks on a team that, that creates the open threes for him. But I would say he's even uh, more concerning than Franz when it comes to, you know, stepping up and making shots against high-level competition and high-level moments. And uh, Grimes is just a much, much better better athlete in my opinion. I know Kispert a lot of people think his athleticism is a little underrated, especially after that dunk in the final four, but um, Grimes can put the ball on the deck and get to his spots. Uh, kind of like we were talking about with Trey Mann, guys that are that have that much skill, it's just they're only going to get better in the NBA as it's kind of tailor-made for them. And so even before Grimes, you know, scrimmages uh, at the Combine, I really liked him, and that kind of solidified it for me. He's going to be a shot maker, which every team needs. He's got good size around six five, and if he buys in defensively, he's got the the baseline physical tools and quickness to, to be much better on that end than Kispert, too. And, yeah, Kispert specifically, other than spot-up shooting, he's not giving you anything. He's not a guy that puts the ball on the deck. He doesn't really create for others. He's strictly... You know, spot up shooter. Even coming off screens, he's gonna really have to work on being a guy that can fly around screens like JJ Redick and catch the ball as he's moving, you know, left or right and elevate and shoot a shot while he's flinging side to side. So, uh, anyways, I really like Quentin Grimes. I think he is just, you know, phenomenal skill set, good size, and and I want guys like that on my team.
0: Yeah, and and to emphasize because some people. You know, I might be surprised to hear Cody having those guys that high. I, I know I don't want to completely speak for you, Cody, but the way that you do it is basically what is a redraft going to look like six, seven years from now? And, you know, it's not difficult to envision next year or two years from now, uh, you know, both Duarte and Grimes playing as a role player for a good playoff team.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we talk about this all the time. It is kind of why we wanted to start the Draft Jummies podcast. Is you look at the NBA draft every single year in history, and it is wrong every year. There's undrafted guys, they're second rounders, they're guys like Kawhi and Clay Thompson and Giannis that were maybe late lottery or just outside the lottery that end up being top players in their class. So uh, we always encourage people when they're evaluating and making their own boards. Don't just stick to the consensus out of fear. Just evaluate with tabula rasa, clean slate, and judge for yourself, and be wrong on your own terms. We're all wrong, uh, but do it how you know how you believe and how you how you see these players projecting out, and uh, it makes it a whole lot more fun that way. And, and Grimes is a guy that I really really like.
0: All right. So I will give you my guys now. And to preface this, Cody, we only have one overlapping guy in this segment. So this makes it a lot of fun. At nine, I've got, or wait, no, we have two, excuse me. At at nine, I've got Jalen Johnson. At 10, I've got Rocco Perkushin. At 11, JT Thor. At 12, I have Isaiah Jackson. At 13, Franz Wagner. At 14, Trey Mann. And at 15, Alperin Schengen.
1: All right. My first question, and maybe this isn't an interesting question for you, but I threw in Kaminga at 15, uh, even though I don't even know if he'll last there. I, The guy that I really, really like that you have, I think he was number 12. I love Isaiah Jackson. And there's yeah. even other guys that we'll mention later that I could put in front of Kaminga at 15, but. Why? And you can speak for both of us here. You don't have Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, in your top 15. I have him at 15 right now. Why is that?
0: Yeah, so I have him in a tier just outside the top 15 in the 16 to 20 range. And look, I still like the guys there. It's Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, Garuba, and Book Knight and Kaminga. You know, a mix of guys that I might be just slightly lower on than the consensus, but still have real upside And when we talk about the difference, because, you know, I love the top four in this draft, but then, you know, I I vary a lot from the consensus after four. And I just think it's pretty flat. And it's kind of the eye of the beholder, like you talked about. Everyone's got their own opinion when we talk about kind of the five to like 22 range in this draft. And so I'm a little bit lower than on Kaminga. And I know Cody is as well, because I just... To put it simply, I I don't know what he's going to provide to a good team other than scoring, and I don't view him as a guy that's likely ever to be an efficient scorer. Um, He just lacks some of that basketball. The comparison I've used is a Harrison Barnes uh, with just a little bit less touch. Uh, I I tend to not really believe too much in Kaminga's touch, If you go look at the G League numbers, he shot the ball very poorly, below 40 percent from the field and below 30 percent from three. You know, so if if he's not going to score for me, I want to know what ancillary tools he's going to bring and how he's going to fit in and provide for a good playoff team. And I personally just don't see that like defensively. It was pretty rough, the tape. And look, it, it was only a handful of games as a young kid. The physical tools are awesome. It's not like I'm completely out on him. It's just that when I look at him in the context of an NBA team, I don't love how he fits into a good team. I'm a little bit lower on kind of his basketball sense and the shooting uh, plus the defense. So all those things combined, I am certainly lower than the consensus having him right now at number 19 on my board.
1: Yeah, and the reason I have him at 15 is simply based off the upside from the physical tools. I Sam agrees with this too, just that uh, taking a chance on wings can be a valuable uh, just option in the NBA. Guys that fit those athletic profiles and uh, can guard on one end and create on the other. But when you watch the film on Kaminga, he just has – a long ways to go. And to me, it's just kind of my, my Jordan bell.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just category. I, I will group people over there with Jordan bell where it's just, yes, the physical tools are there. Uh, the consensus really likes them, but I just think they have too much to overcome kind of basketball IQ and sense wise. I kind of felt the same way about Wiseman last year, as did you. Yeah. And so it's an uphill battle. And I would argue over Kaminga, I would, I would argue Zaire Williams, a guy that is really tall, uh, measured in really tall and long at the combine, and even though he struggled to shoot it this year, um, definitely projects to be a much better shooter, shot maker, and then defensively, he actually got after it, and he's he's long, he moves well, like we said, he, he just measured in really tall, so I'd take a guy like Zaire probably over Kaminga.
0: Yeah. And, you know, these are our opinions, but we say this with the context and with, uh, you know, admitting that just like everybody else about the draft, we are wrong all the time. This is just our opinion. And so we're giving the reasons for that. And though it may seem like we do talk a lot about the negative aspects of a guy like Kaminga, I mean, there are still certainly positives, but Oftentimes, we're just talking about him in comparison to how everyone else views him, giving our explanation of why we might be a little bit lower, though. I mean, he certainly has the tools and the potential to be a a good player.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another question for you, Sam. Mm -hmm. What makes you have Isaiah Jackson over Usman Garuba?
0: Yes, I wanted you to ask about Isaiah Jackson because... He's a guy that I can't help, but continue to slide him up my board. We talk about the Kentucky bump that, uh, you know, that phrase that I've used about guys that we see him at Kentucky, they're in a specific role. Then we see him two years, maybe even their rookie year in the NBA. And it's like, wow, that, that guy has more to him than we saw in college. To me, I think Isaiah Jackson is going to be that guy from Kentucky though you could certainly argue the same about BJ Boston. But the physical tools with Isaiah Jackson are spectacular. I would say outside of Jalen Green, you could make an argument for Isaiah Jackson being the best athlete for their position at the draft. He is one of the quickest leapers you will find. He is so quick on the perimeter guarding perimeter guys and also straight line speed. He is elite. You know, I have I've mentioned I'd love to see he he and Kai Jones race because they are both physical freaks in terms of like their speed at that size. Um, I've posted clips about this as well, but when Isaiah Jackson catches the ball and can you know face the basket, whether it's on the roll on a pick and roll or just a quick catch and face, he is so explosive, like seriously elite explosive can go through guys and dunk, can finish above the rim. So when I talk about bigs, the athleticism that I look for when talking about how functional they are is how quickly do they jump and also looking at the second jump is huge as well, plus the ability to be scheme versatile defensively where no matter what the other team does, you can't be taken off the floor. I think Isaiah Jackson meets all those aspects like perfectly perfectly. And then on top of that, I am a stats guy and his defensive rebounding rate, his steal rate, his block rate, and just the, the analytical numbers for him really paint the picture that there was a lot more than we saw just in terms of the raw numbers at Kentucky. Yeah. And he's
1: one of those guys where the eye test, you know, aligns with his percentages there, the block rate, the steal rate. He is a high event player. Um, as we've talked about, he w- made Kentucky look like a completely different team when he was on the floor. The energy, the aura around the team, uh, he had the best on off numbers to match that as well. So Jackson is a guy that I love as well. Look at DeAndre Ayton in this run. Uh, you don't draft and, you know, mold your team around centers. You want a guy that can win contested rebounds, defend the rim, switch on the perimeter okay, and catch lobs, be a vertical threat. And we've seen DeAndre Ayton just kill it this postseason, just starring him in, in his role. And that's how I view Isaiah Jackson. I think he's going to be a guy that stars in his role. He knows his role, and he'll be such a positive uh, center for a team in the NBA.
0: Yeah, one other thing on him to back up your point. I don't always love to use on-off numbers, but his were so extreme that it, it's like just a, a glaring light that you you just can't ignore. And you know, just uh, to put an example to his athleticism, one thing that stands out to me is you know how quick of a leaper he is because he is one of the rare guys, just a rare specimen where. He can jump and get up so quickly and he is so long that he can wait for the offensive guy to make his move and to jump first. And he's so quick off the ground that he beats the guy to his own shot. It is spectacular to watch.
1: All righty. Well, after the break, we are going to get in to some of the other points of discussion we wanted to note. One of them being who are some other sleepers and some other guys Uh, that have fallen down our draft boards.
0: Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar only. And we have a limited time flavor. It's called the Built Grasshopper Cookie. This is, again, a limited time flavor. It sounds pretty exciting. I haven't had the chance to try it yet, but grasshoppers, right? Who doesn't love those? (laughs) Uh, They're 100% covered in chocolate too. And they are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar and net carbs, and just the amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. That's Built Bar. So because you're listening to us on the Locked On Podcast Network, you can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at At built.com. Excuse me.
1: Hey, you know who serves Grasshoppers? The Seattle Mariners. So while we're talking about the Mariners here, go to Bet Online and bet on the Seattle Mariners. They're 30th in batting average, I believe 30th in slugging percentage, yet they are a few games over 500. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. Uh, baseball season is in full swing, pun intended, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can even uh, bet on UFC MMA action. We just saw the Poirier Connor McGregor fight, and in a disappointing way. So, before your next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, laptop or mobile device. Use promo code Locked On, all one word, Locked On. And uh, sign up and you'll receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs for the MLB playoffs. Go over, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, right. go ahead, Sam.
0: Let's get into some final questions here. Um, So we wanted to start with guys that might have fallen on our boards, you know, over the last month as we're kind of finishing up the draft work, the prep and finalizing our board. So just kind of off the top of your head, Cody, uh, give me, you know, maybe one or two or maybe a couple guys that you would classify as fallers for you on your board.
1: So. I still love Davian Mitchell, but he's fallen some. Uh, Alperin has fallen some, even though I, I still like him. Still think he's, you know, a great first-round pick. Uh, Garuba, I just wish he was six ten instead of six seven, six eight. Those are a few that have kind of fallen for me. Um, Kai Jones is another guy I've had much higher at times, who you know I don't have in my top 14 anymore.
0: Yeah, you named a couple of the same ones I did. I will mention Franz Wagner, who I talked about. I've had him up as high as seven or eight, but he's going to finish in the 12 to 14 range for me. I just tend to think that um, the tentativeness offensively and the tendency he has for you know misses on his shot to affect him, are just things that maybe are a little hard, harder to overcome than people might think. And on top of that, just the lack of volume on his three-point shot in the half court. You know, when we often look at three-point shooters by nature and just we, we tend to look at the percentages first, but really volume is just as important, you know, when looking at guys that really have gravity. It's guys that take a lot of shots from three and can get them off quickly and also shoot them at a good percentage. I'm a little worried about just the volume that he's going to get up from three and also the quickness of his uh, decision-making to take a shot and make it. And so I just don't think he's going to have as much gravity as I would like. Those are things that certainly could change. And I'm still high on him. I still have him in the lottery. So I still have him at 13. Uh, Shengun and Garuba are two guys you mentioned. They've also both been somewhat fallers for me i thought they'd both finish in the lottery but i have Shengun at 15 and garuba at 18 uh cody for you with these guys you mentioned the size with garuba for me it's also just i'm worried i'd say i'm skeptical that he's gonna do much besides you know spot up from the corner are you kind of in line with that as well
1: yeah i think the jump shot Will improve, but is he ever going to be a real consistent knockdown three-point shooter? I don't know. Uh, If he's not, then he's strictly an energy guy and a good, versatile defender.
0: Yeah, and then Shengun, it's just been one of the more difficult guys to rank because, like I said, I tend to just devalue a little these centers, especially guys that definitely aren't coverage versatile. We see it every year in the playoffs when a lot of these guys do get played off the floor, and though I do think he could be an offensive hub, and I I really think that offensively his potential is as high as anyone outside of the top four, four to six guys this last. Uh, I'd just be worried about how easy it is to build a successful team with a guy like him. Um, and then Kai Jones as well. Uh, Cody, for you, why, why would you say he has fallen a bit? Is it just that you've kind of risen on other guys, or is it something specifically about Kai Jones?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. The thing with Kai Jones is he is a project, and, you know, every year we have a ton of guys, especially this year, I feel like there are a lot of players that are considered projects, even the Scotty Barnes and Jalen Johnsons and whatnot, Kaminga. Um, Kai Jones, the potential is really tantalizing i still would love to have him in the first round there's just other guys i would take before him
0: yeah it's just kind of other guys rising for me almost i have him at 21 on my board like comparing him with isaiah jackson i just really buy isaiah jackson's uh, ability to contribute to winning basketball and also the defense to me uh, i prefer um okay another question i have for you cody We always love to talk about kind of the wing archetypes, finding the guys between 6'6 and 6'8 in the second round or undrafted that can come in, play a role, defend and hopefully shoot. Um, Guys that, you know, if one thing goes right for them, usually the jump shot that you can really envision them playing a role for an NBA team. Uh, You know, last year for us, that was Najee Marshall. And we saw him really fill that role with the Pelicans last year. I also liked kind of Lamar Stevens is another example of that from last year that ended up getting a contract for the Cavs. Um, So who were a few of the guys? You already mentioned both Duarte and Grimes, who I had on this list. I think Duarte will go in the first round. I'm not sure about Grimes. Um, Who are other guys that you think kind of fit that Najee Marshall prototype? that you think you could get in the second round and provide good value for an NBA team?
1: Yeah, I'll quickly say the thing about Najee Marshall is he is was much more than just like a 3 and D, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, type wing. He was We liked him because he was really smart and pretty good passer, putting the ball on the deck. But some of the, the other guys that kind of fit, like you said, 6'8", to 6'9", wing range that hopefully can knock down shots and defend that you can get a little bit later... Uh, I'd consider one, him one of the draft darlings. It seems like on draft Twitter and that's Trey Murphy out of Virginia, a guy that's got great size. His stroke is a little unconventional, a little off to the right on his side, but he's shown that he it's, makes it. yep, yeah. it's a legitimate shot. So, and it he can get it off. So I don't, I don't mind. Um, Kessler Edwards, WCC, got gotta stick up for him. Kind of like Murphy, where he is really tall and really long for a wing, and he's demonstrated that he can be a spot-up shooter as well. Uh, other one, if his jump shot comes around, who we both love, uh, Herbert Jones. So, And then the last one I like, he's older, he's coming off injury. It would be a fantastic comeback story. Uh, And that's Isaiah livers. I love Isaiah livers out of Michigan and, you know, just hope nothing but the best for him after his injury this last season. And uh, he is going to be really old like Duarte, but he's really smart and he can shoot the ball. He has had amazing percentages across his college career. I believe he's one of the, um, one of the better free throw shooters in college history taken in his percentage and his volume too.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple more for our listeners to keep an eye on, kind of in this same prototype that's got the size, got some athleticism, can really defend, and then you hope they can bring something offensively. Uh, Aaron Henry is one. Herb Jones, to me, is probably like my favorite in these second round guys. I I do think that uh, Trey Murphy will go in the first round, I do believe, and then Kessler Edwards. Yeah, he'll probably be beginning at the second round, if I had to guess, but he's on this list as well for me. Uh, So Aaron Henry, Herb Jones, and then I would put in Aaron Wiggins as kind of a late second, maybe undrafted guy that I also am higher on than the consensus. Like you said with Marshall, I think he has, uh, and similar to these other guys, uh, I think he's got some more ancillary skills than he's given credit for, but a long wing that is very athletic, so I could see him finding a role in the NBA. And then kind of maybe a sleeper here he's a bit more of a guard but david johnson is 6'6 he's got long arms he's a guy that was much higher on draft boards uh four five six months ago during the season got a lot of first round buzz but has since really disappeared from a lot of boards and i'm not particularly high on him offensively but i think he can be a guy that can guard kind of one through three defensively not as big as a couple of these guys were mentioning, but I could see him earning a role in the NBA through the defense uh, because he's a fantastic guard defender. And then the jump shot has improved. So kind of the three and D plus guard combo guard um, is a role that I could see him fulfilling in the NBA. Uh, Cody, um, any other questions or thoughts uh, You know, yeah. on the board? Go ahead. One, one other interesting question. I have four
1: guys that I would consider guards and potentially some on-ball uh, creators that I think you can get either, you know, mid, late first round and then later into the second round potentially undrafted. Um, do you have any guys off the top of your head that you really like that fit that or want me to give my four here?
0: Um. So I, I can guess some of them, but a couple I like. I hope Jared Butler can I hope the health thing goes well for him because uh, I think he's got maybe arguably the second best handle in the class. He's not a guy that I'm sky high on. I have him 25th on my board right now. So if he ends up slipping to the second round, I really like him as a backup guard in the NBA. Austin Reeves would be the other. Uh, I know you're high on him, so I'll let you talk about him more. Uh, and then B.J. Boston is not a guy that I view necessarily as like a primary ball handler, but he's a guy I really liked as a high school player coming in, really disappointed. Uh, but if you can get him in the second round with his scoring instincts and physical tools, you hope that there's just more there in that he showed in Kentucky. You kind of value the high school tape more than the college. And so I like his value in, in the second round as well.
1: Yeah, love Austin Reeves. Uh, again, Jared Butler, you know, wish nothing but the best for him. Hopefully, he's cleared and is able to carve out his NBA career. Uh, some of the other guards I really like uh, that I know you do too. One is Miles McBride, a yeah. guy that really improved shooting off the dribble. He's going to be so tough defensively, even though he's only in the 6 2 range. Um, it won't be an issue on that end of the floor being a little bit smaller. He is stout and he's tough. And yeah, if that jump shot is for real, like he demonstrated this year, he's going to be a steal for someone. Uh, You and me have both always loved Josh Primo even before he kind of blew up here. We had him noted on our boards. Uh, Big fans of Primo at 6'5", one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, And he has just kind of flashed some of that perimeter skill set we love to talk about where he can put the ball on the deck, create his own shot, has a great looking jump shot. He'll continue to get better at such a young age. And then Bones Highland. I mean, he he's a shot creator, shot maker, and pretty, I would like him like really well on the defensive end as well if he really buys in on that end. Uh, so those are some, you know, guards that
0: we feel like you can get a little bit later I should have let you go first because I missed a lot of the guys I like. I mean, I do think I was thinking more kind of like second round ish guys. Like I, I do think McBride and probably Highland end up going late first, but I love both of those guys, especially Miles McBride. If you haven't listened to our last episode last Wednesday, we talked about the best values and the guys we like most compared to the consensus. Cody and I both talked about Miles McBride, so I I love him. And then Bones Highland was another really good call by you. All right. Anything else you wanted to add or talk about? No, go ahead and follow us at Draft Dummies on Twitter. I'm putting out a lot of stats and clips and just my thoughts on the NBA and the draft there as we gear up over the next two weeks. It's just two weeks. Now, till the draft, we can't wait. And Cody and I are also going to be there at Summer League. So, we got a lot to look forward to, and we're going to be bringing you guys a lot of content.
1: Thank you, listeners. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and odyssey featuring analysis from the goat of nba mock drafts chad ford and odyssey nba experts brian scalabrini and some others are locked on nba local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts odyssey is your audio home for all sports podcasts music and news That matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y.